Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Killeen, Texas, about half an hour north of Austin. Welcome to the show, Noel Walton. Hey, thank you, Victor. Noel, great to have you here. Now, for those that are familiar with the geography of Central Texas, Killeen is home very close to Fort Hood, which suggests that you probably have an Army connection. Why don't you start by giving a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I recently retired at the end of December out of the Army and I actually have a background in the Air Force and the Army, but Army being my last uh, uh, service that I was in. My background really was I left home at 18, back in 1999, uh, enlisted in the Air Force. I was a security forces guy and did my whole enlistment, uh, six years of enlistment. I got out, went into civilian law enforcement. And then that after a couple of years of that, I decided ah, this isn't taking me where I want to go. And I had started looking at going to college full-time, which I then decided I left that, went to college. Uh, while I was signing up for college, I looked at, Hey, I missed the military. Let me go ahead and do this army thing. So I did the army ROTC. I commissioned, uh, into army aviation as a black Hawk pilot. And my wife and I got married shortly after we met in college and our first duty station was in Hawaii right out of flight school. So that was a pretty awesome place to be for four years. And, uh, I used my VA loan. So, you know, it made sense then it was like, Hey, I'm in a great place to own a house. Uh, you know, VA loan is hundred percent. And we found a short sale out there uh, that we bought and uh, got it at a discount. So we had equity from the time we bought it, owned it for three years. We sold it for really decent profit and uh, then moved to uh, back to Alabama, to Fort Rucker, Alabama. And that's where we started getting a little more active with our investments. And, uh, you know, continued uh, doing some fix and flips, some rehabs and hold, some rental holds as well. Uh, so we were in a single family space for several years and we, we got frustrated because there's just this lack of scalability. Uh, our time was becoming more limited. We had uh, two daughters by this point, by 2019. And that's when it really dawned on us. We have to do something uh, with, you know, to make use of our time better. And that's what took me to the multifamily space where, you know, I started hearing a lot more about uh, with connections that I had made and talking to people and in uh, January of 2020 is when I really took the plunge and went full force, got into a mentorship coaching program that really uh, took me to that full level of education that I needed, connected me with people that I needed to be connected with. And, you know, really the, the biggest part of that was mindset. So, uh, you know, the mindset shifting, the coaching uh, to get past all these limiting beliefs and these these things like, oh, I can't do that. It's for rich people. And, you know, all these things that people tell themselves that just because of a lack of education and they don't really uh, don't realize that it's, it's entirely possible. Uh, so, you know, I was able to overcome a lot of those those speed bumps or those mental hurdles, uh, you know, and, and make the moves that I needed to to be successful. And one of those was developing my team that I have now that we call ourselves the Joint Chiefs of Real Estate or JCOR. Uh, so that's kind of been the journey thus far. We, uh, we, we formed in April of 2020. Uh, we all come from a different branch of the military. And uh, so kind of that Joint Chiefs aspect where we got our name. And we began running 
through uh, deals back in 2020 and uh, did our first joint venture then. Also closed uh, in early 21, our first syndication, which was uh, 172 units. And uh, since then, I've closed a 63 unit and uh, we have several more in the pipeline now. So it's it's been exciting. That's a wonderful transition from... Uh, service life to to civilian life. And I know so many people, in fact, some of the members of our core team either have exited or in the process of exiting from military service. And one of the things that I've discovered is that the military environment is such a highly structured environment. Some people come out of that environment and just completely fall apart. And then there's others that carry that structure with them, that way of being with them for the rest of their lives. What is it, in your opinion, that is the distinguishing factor between one outcome versus the other? Is it is it uh, is it PTSD? What what is it that causes one person to come out and and be really productive versus not? That's a really great question, and I, I think it's uh, it can vary by you know by person uh, in the situations, but. I know, I know my personal experience is I, I definitely enjoy the structure of a set schedule and things like that. And I tend to take that into life now as well as I've left the military. I, I like to have my morning routine, you know, the miracle morning, getting my, my exercise routine. I like, I love to have that structure and it keeps me productive uh, and focused. I think for people who do struggle, you know, there, a lot of times it, it can be the PTSD uh, a lot of times there's this, uh, you know, the camaraderie that you have in the military and you leave and you don't have that same circle and you're not surrounded by people with the same mindset that are focused on the same mission or the same goals. And I think that's what a lot of folks struggle with is they they have to learn this, you know, everybody's kind of out there for themselves in the civilian world. And then now all of a sudden it's not, you don't have that close knit group. So I've tried to maintain that, you know, and that's kind of what we've done with co- when I co-founded J-Corps. You know, I met my first partner, Miles, who was Air Force captain. I was an Army captain, and he's transitioned to Space Force recently. But we we met up at Fort Hood, met over coffee. That's when we decided, hey, let's. Uh, we both have the same vision and goals for multifamily investing. Let's let's jump in together and do something and try it out. See how the partnership works, and uh, that's how we started to grow. So. I brought on our additional partner shortly after that. And I think that's, even though we come from different branches and we just recently met each other, we, we mold well together by bringing that like-mindedness. And we, you know, we think a lot of the same way as far as our structure and the way we are used to accomplishing things while we were in the military, we still kind of hold to that in a way and hold each other accountable and things. So uh, I think that's helped a lot for me. One of the things when you look at, for example, even sports teams, the New England Patriots, a lot of teams out there trying to copy the New England Patriots. And but the thing is, you can't copy culture, you can only grow it, you can only synthesize it. And it's got to be core. And it sounds like because you all come from a similar mindset in terms of how things get done, how you align around goals, uh, it's made the formation of that culture much more straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have come from that same background of that with that culture of respect, uh, of common vision, common goals, not wanting to waste time, but do things efficiently, things like that. We, we bring a lot of that. 
Um, and, and we can, we bring the thick skin too. you know, you kind of have to have that in the military. It's like, you, you got to be able to take criticism. Uh, you got to be able to take, you know, if, if something you're doing isn't as good as it could be, you got to be able to take it, you know, and we got to be able to tell each other, Hey, maybe we need to be doing this versus this or whatever the case is, you know, put everyone back on the right track and keep that accountability. So I think that's, that's one thing that's very common across the team is, Hey, we, we, we can dish it out. We can take it. And we always mess with each other. And it's just, you know, it's, you have to keep lightheartedness on the team as well. Right on. So you're in this a couple of years, you've taken down some pretty respectable assets. Uh, what's the vision? So the vision for us, I mean, we ultimately, uh, we're looking to vertically integrate in the future and really uh, grow into a property management arm, construction, uh, have all those in-house in, in the future so that we can you know, really make that efficiency within the operations and grow, uh, you know, and it obviously save money at the same time as, you know, on your expenses for property management fees and CapEx and things of that nature. So that's uh, something we're looking at. But uh, also just growing our investor list, building more relationships and bringing a, a, a large enough number of investors in to where, I mean, obviously the relationships for, are what drive us, you know, and, but of course it's, it's a win-win for everyone because the more investors we can bring in, the bigger the deals, the better de- the deals we can get. So um, that, that's really what we're working is, you know, continually building those relationships and, uh, you know, just building the deal flow, creating great passive investment opportunities. The current environment we're in, obviously, with rising interest rates, uh, we've gone through a couple of years of insane cap rate compression. I mean, some of the cap rates that people are paying for in the open market make no sense to me whatsoever. And I think we really run the risk over the next couple of years of seeing when the tide goes out, who's left standing naked without their shorts. Um, how have you underwritten your deals to make sure that you are protected on the downside? Yeah, it's a great question. So yeah, that's something that, yeah, we, we've been doing some very conservative underwriting. Absolutely. Um, and that's really goes to our core values of, you know, really wanting to ensure that we are under promising over delivering on deals. And, you know, that's caused us to lose out on a lot. I mean, we have underwritten so many deals in the last year that, just it doesn't work out you know there's so they're so competitive and people are asking so much for these deals uh, but with the way that we are underwriting uh, you know we're we're keeping into account that hey we're not most likely we're not going to see cap rate compression uh, especially now with rising interest rates uh, you know and at some point you know I know if so many of operators are saying oh well, we're just putting flat cap rates over the next five years or the next 10 years but uh, I think really the the best answer and what we're doing is in, in ensuring an increase in cap rates over time, uh, you know, because that, you know, if we can, if it, if it does better than, than what we're projecting, our investors win. So uh, we're doing that where, you know, there's the, the stress test, uh, Hey, where are we at? Can we achieve a break even point at say 30%, uh, you know, reaching for that goal, 30% of economic vacancy, is a, are we still hitting a break-even cash flow to where we can maintain all of the expenses, you know, the taxes, the insurance, the mortgage, all these things that that we need to keep and maintain the property? Uh, so, you know, in a worst-case scenario, you know, are we able to to uh, provide that insurance for ourselves? Um, and then, of course, you know, there's the capex projects. You want to make sure that you're you're putting enough in the bank and assuming enough uh, 
raise for that as well and uh, not cut, setting yourself short. So th- those are the three main things that we're doing there. And, you know, assuming that rent growth is one of those things a lot of people get very aggressive with and they have over the last couple of years. Um, and I think that's where people are going to get bit later is they're assuming, hey, we're going to get a 10% rent growth for the next two years or three years. It may may not be, you know, depending on how inflation gets curbed. Uh, but you know, keeping conservative, we you know we generally try to stay in that uh, you know three percent range, and works out better. Works out better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Noel, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can look up our website and set up a call with any one of us at jcore j c o r e investments dot com. Uh, you can also reach reach out to us on social media. So uh, we have personal as well as our J-Core pages on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and, uh, you know, absolutely invite you to, to reach out to us and love to connect. So set up a, set up a call and uh, happy to do that. Awesome. Well, uh, congratulations on retiring from the military and for putting together a, a solid team. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Noel at J-Core Investments. The link will be in the show notes, jcoreinvestments.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>